Dave Maxey here with the HomeMusicStudio1.com podcast, and today I want to continue in our discussion talking about how to avoid the embarrassment of an amateur mix, and I've also got some very exciting news to talk to you about, so don't go anywhere. All right. Hey, welcome back to the show. Glad you are able to join me once again today or this evening or this afternoon or whatever time you're listening to this episode. Uh, It is actually about five o'clock toward the evening, my time. And uh, I'm just glad to be here, glad to be doing this. And in just a minute, I want to tell you about some very exciting news that I've I've got to share with you. But before we get there, I want to give a quick shout out to all the supporters that uh, have just been downloading these episodes and, and listening to the blog and just giving me all your feedback. I know I say this every episode, but uh, really from the bottom of my heart, thank you very much for all the support. I'm just uh, I'm I'm ecstatic and hopeful that I can help you guys in your pursuit to uh, to just develop develop kind of your home or your project studios to be able to do professional audio on any size budget. That's really what I'm after to help you with. And uh, looking through the the stats here of downloads, we have got people, of course, from the states where I'm from right here in in central Michigan and uh, from United Kingdom, from Canada, from Germany, Sweden, Australia, uh, the Netherlands, France, Brazil, and on and on and on it goes all over the world, uh, which is just amazing to me, the beauty of having access to the World Wide Web. And uh, zeroing down here a little bit in the States, of course, we've got a lot of people listening from Michigan, but also from California and from Illinois, from Wisconsin, from Indiana, Washington, Texas, and so on and so forth. Uh, just want to give a quick shout out to the number one on the list this particular episode and that is most downloads from Washington, the guys over there and gals in Seattle. So uh, thank you very much, uh, Washington people, for all your support. Those of you that are in Seattle, really appreciate it as well. And uh, again, I want to remind you to keep your input coming and uh, keep the feedback coming. It really helps me continue to prepare content and, and address questions and and just really touch on as much as I can to help you guys out in, in all that you're doing in recording. And so um, let's dive right in today. We've uh, we've been last episode we began to talk about kind of I shared some things from my past and some memories that I had and just the experience of uh, of working hours on a project and then having that project be presented and then the realization that my goodness uh, it's really kind of amateur sounding it's not professional I really wish I should have or could have done a better job at, at whatever I spent all this time doing and uh, you know I shared kind of a personal story that I remember uh, when I had a friend that had a wedding and had asked me to do some recording for a song that he wrote for his brand new bride and uh, when, when I went to the wedding and sat there with all the people there that were observing that day and witnessed to this event and uh, they I had a gal that got up there and sang and, and she used a track, a soundtrack to sing kind of like karaoke, that my project compared to that professionally recorded track was very amateur sounding. 
And uh, so that's what we've been talking about. We've been talking about some things that, that you can do to escape that embarrassment and to move from amateur to professional. And more specifically, I've been talking about compression and uh, define compression, not not just audio compression in the sense of uh, I've got an audio file like an MP3 and I want to compress it and make it smaller. But we use this phrase, dynamic range compression. And uh, we simply define that as the ability to to make the peak or the louder spots of our audio quieter uh, and bring those peaks down closer to the valleys of our audio and thereby giving us the ability to then raise the whole track or the whole channel or the whole project up, giving us a perceived volume increase. And uh, here's the bottom line, guys. Uh, I- I've said this many times that... There isn't one magic bullet that'll take your project from amateur to professional. It really has to do with a lot of little things along the way. However, when I consider my list of, uh, of things that, that I focus on and things that if I'm really going to create something that I'm proud of, that, that I'm not embarrassed about, that people want to listen to, that people want to download multiple times, or, or that people are just uh, very ecstatic and it's pleasing to hear, There are certain aspects that kind of rise to the top more than others. One of those is dynamic range compression. And the reason I say that is it is such an amazing, versatile tool that we have in our arsenal of home recording or project recording. Compression can be used to to make tracks tighter and and more present, uh, to make tracks louder and more in your face, to make a kick drum tight or to make a kick drum soft. And it it can change the sound of your snare drum and and it can change the sound of virtually everything. Uh, From one aspect, it can be a a plug-in that is is useful for control and for creativity, for tightening things up and for just kind of bringing a mix together. And on the other side, compression, dynamic range compression can can also be used as an effect to achieve maybe that pumping effect. Maybe you're into house music or dance and you really want that kind of that pumping driving of that kick in and out, in and out every time it slams and hits. Compression can also be used as an effect as well. So we've got lots of things that we can use compression with, and it's very important to learn how to use compression and begin to learn the theory and the techniques behind compression. There's really no need to be confused and and no need to just kind of shy away from it, but I'd encourage you to spend time learning kind of how to use compression in your mixes, whether it's one instrument and a voice or whether it's a full band. And I want to give you another example of how to use dynamic range compression here in this episode. I'm uh, I'm working with the track that I played in our last episode. This is a full band uh, episode, and if you haven't listened to uh, to the previous episode, that's part one of dynamic uh, of uh, of understanding uh, how to uh, to uh, go from the embarrassment of an amateur mix to a professional mix. So you might want to pause this and go ahead and listen to the first part of this episode, and maybe catch up with you with us if you haven't done that yet. But uh, in the in the idea of using dynamic range compression. The track I have in front of me, I've got a session open of Sonar X1 producer, and uh, it just happens to be what I'm recording with at the moment. And this is a a full band cut. It's about a minute and a half of a little demo that I put together just to demonstrate some of these techniques. There's a a lead vocal. There's a a synth part in it. It's got some kind of strings and some panning that happens there. There's a a piano part in it we're going to look at today. We've got a bass line. We've got a full drum kit in here as well. And uh, all these elements together i have got uh, also electric guitar in there a couple electrics doing some things and uh, i want to let you hear just a little piece of the final project and then i want to show you exactly uh, let you listen to some some alterations i've made using compression to uh, to 
help this piano line that I've got in here do exactly what I'm trying to have it do. So let me let you hear just a little piece of this, and then I want to talk to you about that. Chosen by unending grace Known by the one who has rescued me Okay, I purposely kind of zoned that out a little bit and popped the lead out of there and let you hear a little portion of the piano line. Let me back this up a little bit. I want you to hear the piano line because I want you uh, to get an idea in your head of what this looks like in the mix. And uh, let me let you hear it just soloed on its own. There's some kind of this ethereal ambiance that I'm creating to add color to what's happening in this mix. Okay, so it's not driving the rhythm or really driving the song. It's more of a guitar, uh, drum, bass based uh, tune. Uh, but I'm using the piano to, to add color. So listen to the track just on its own. Okay, now I'm going to let you hear the same part. I'm going to back forward just a little bit, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and bring the full mix in again, because again, I want you to get a reference of in your ear of where this sits in the mix. Now, my goal in this was not to have that piano just pop out and, and smack you in the head, okay? Again, I'm trying to add color, and uh, it's panned off to the right of the mix. I've got an actual channel uh, a widener on here, so I've kind of got the, I've got a real increased stereo width on this little piano line, so it's real wide, even though it's off uh, more to the, to the right a little more than the left, uh, and that just has to do with where I played this line on the piano when I played this, which actually I recorded this uh, directly out of my, my core keyboard, and so this is a sampled piano, not even acoustic piano, but this kind of wide sound, uh, really uh, kind of that... that um, the, the high registers of the piano just to add a little color to that top register, give a little more high tone in there, but not to dominate anything. It's one of these sounds where in the mix, uh, it's noticeable when it's gone, but it simply adds when it's there. It doesn't necessarily pop out. It's not like the snare or the lead vocal. And so pay close attention now to the same track of where it sits in the mix. I'll let you hear a portion of it soloed, and then I'll pull the whole rest of the mix around it without the lead vocal. Okay, so it's one of those things where you got to really listen close, and uh, I'm going to play it for you one time with just the mix, and I'm going to pull it out and, uh, and see if you can hear the difference with it not in there. So here we go.
Okay, it's one of them things that you got to listen really close. And these, again, as I said, this is kind of one piece of the pie. And you might think, well, what good is it if it's so buried in there? Again, it adds something to the whole factor of what's going on here. So it's a contributor. It's not a lone rock by any means. But uh, let me let me show you a little bit of what I was after here. I've got this line, and there's several, there's quite a bit of dynamic spots that vary. And some spots of this piano, I'm just kind of doing a few hits here or there, kind of like this. Just a, kind of a little hit in there or here like that. And then there's other spots where I've got kind of a roll happening like this. Okay, now uh, I've got compression disabled right now. I've got it turned off because I want to show you what, I, what I'm attempting to do here. One of the things I was after is, is I wanted that initial attack of the piano to come out. I didn't want to totally kill that. But I kind of wanted to beef up just a little more of the feel by by kind of accenting the sustain of the piano notes in this particular project right now. And, uh, of course, I've, I've messed with this a hundred different ways. But what I was after and what you're hearing now is uh, is the idea of letting the attack kind of come through, having a little control, but having the sustain of the piano a little more uh, sustained than what it would be naturally. And here's how I accomplish this. And I'll let you hear the difference. Uh, I've got my compressor here. This is the M compressor. Again, uh, as I uh, mentioned last week from the guys at Melda Production, you can Google them and uh, total free uh, compressor. And uh, on this compressor, I've got a, about a three to one ratio on the, the compression ratio. I'm using a soft knee value of about 50%. Uh, it is actually set uh, as far as the RMS length to peak. So uh, peak is something that we haven't talked about too much, but rather than uh, the compressor looking at an average of the higher spots, it's looking more toward just the loudest spots themselves. So again, I'm just after kind of controlling the initial attack of those higher notes. I don't want to destroy them. I don't want to really crush into them. I just want to give them a little control. And then uh, I've got my attack set at about eight milliseconds and my release, get this, my, my release now is set at a little over 500 milliseconds. Okay, and I want to let you hear the difference. Now, I'm really creating some sustain, more than a natural sustain to this keyboard, this piano track, by allowing my release to be very long. So when the compression uh, pr compression kicks in, the release is kind of holding it there and kind of letting that sustain be a little more of an ethereal thing. And uh, my threshold, I've got down to about negative 25 but I've adjusted that to get almost 8 to 10 dB of gain reduction on the initial attack, and then the release kind of holds it in there, okay? And so um, not just attacking the top end, but uh, but really holding kind of the sustain of it all. We're doing more of almost bringing up the bottom end. So let me let, me let you hear uh, exactly what this sounds like because I've also, I'm using zero output gain reduction, so I'm not compensating at all for my loss uh, in volume with the compressor. I'm, I'm uh, making some adjustments more focused on this release. So this is no compression right here. Let's listen just to the piano track again. And uh, I'm going to let you hear just backed up a little bit. This is no compression. And then we'll turn it on and I'll show you what I'm, I'm attempting to do. Okay, I'm going to turn the compressor on now. Okay, let me turn it off again. Off. 
Here's back on. Okay, hopefully you can hear the difference there. It's very subtle, but because I'm, I'm using about six to eight, uh, actually more eight to 10 decibels of gain reduction on the really initial attack, then I've got a release value that's a, that is um, actually quite high, uh, more than 500 milliseconds. That is holding that signal there, and it's just giving me kind of this longer sustain to those notes. And that's what I'm using to kind of fill this mix out just a little bit more than it would be if it were not there. So the concept here is uh, is I've got a, a little bit lower threshold um, in, in some respects, but I've got a, a really uh, a high, um, as far as decibel reduction, but three to one on the ratio. But the, the key here is I'm using a very long release time, and I'm using that release time to add a lot more sustain to this piano. Now, this would probably not work on every piano in every situation. In this particular track, I'm using it as color, so I wanted a little more sustain to it. If it were more of a rhythm and kind of driving the song, I definitely would not do what I'm doing to this piano. So keep that in mind when you're using dynamic range compression. But there's one way that you can use by playing with a, a longer release time maybe a little bit lower threshold with not not a crazy amount of ratio, about a two and a half, three to one, you can get a little more sustained to whatever it is that you're trying to compress. So hopefully that's helpful you. Uh, guys, it's just one more way that you can use dynamic range compression. Now, uh, I said that I've got a, an announcement that I wanted to tell you about and something I am very excited about and, uh, and have been working very hard to bring to you. One of the reasons that um, we have covered so much in, the, in these last two episodes of just talking about dynamic range compression it's because I've got a huge amount of, of questions regarding compression and uh, how do I use compression in my mixes? You know, I've got this outboard unit, but I have no idea what it does. You know, it's got a, a gate on it and I really don't, I'm, I'm just turning knobs. I don't know what it does. I don't know how many times I've had emails and, and Twitter and, and just different comments through Facebook and, and especially even over the years of just kind of the, the, the button mash mentality. I just turn things and the sound changes, but I really have no idea what I'm doing. And so um, I, I've got all these questions. And so I began to just send out some emails and uh, send out a survey to hear back from you guys as to what kind of information you're looking for. And there's a few things that rose to the top when it comes to home recording. And to no surprise of mine, compression was one of them. How do I use audio compression in my mixes? And so based upon your feedback, I have developed the very first uh, training course called Dynamic Range Compression. Uh, to be released as of now when you're hearing this podcast, uh, the very first training product for Home Music Studio One. And I am very excited about this, guys. So let me tell you just a little bit about uh, what I've put together for you because I really think that this is going to help many of you and uh, and uh, you're really going to enjoy this. I sat down with the project that you're hearing right now and uh, with the full length of it, and uh, I did a lot of processing from everything from uh, the kick drum to, to the snare to the bass. Uh, I use side chain compression. I use parallel compression. Uh, I used a, a lot of compression. I use multi-band compression, more than one compressor in several different spots, uh, compressing the stereo band, compressing, uh, you know, a stereo bus, compressing on an individual channel as an insert, again, side chain, all sorts of, uh, of things that I use in order to produce uh, a final mix that you're hearing in front of you. And uh, let me play just a, a little piece of, of kind of the, be the beginning portion of this. 
found in you and no one else My joy, my life, my everything Okay, so I've taken this track right here. There's more to it. I, just for sake of time, I didn't play the whole thing. And uh, what I've done is I sat down by video and I just showed you everything that I have done to this audio track regarding compression. And I threw a few other freebies in there dealing with some noise gating and expansion and talking a little bit about multiband as well um, in regards to compression. But I, I sat down and, uh, and this is six sessions of audio training, more than 280 minutes of video uh, that is comprised of 14 separate videos where I talk about compression in the bass and the drums, compression in each individual drums, and compression in the whole mix. Bass drum, kick drum, uh, along with bass guitar, making room for one another, using the side chains, a possibility there. Compression in vocals with both the acoustic time, uh, with a, a, an acoustic set, as well as uh, a full band set. Um, compression in, uh, of course, piano and synth and an electric guitar. And we've just covered everything that I could possibly think of, beginning with this project. Project and also threw a couple of videos in there dealing with compression and voiceover work. I know a lot of you uh, do uh, voiceover work where you're doing either radio commercials or uh, maybe you're doing a podcast on your own. And so uh, what would I use compression for kind of in that lecture type format with a, a a main vocal that's more of the talking and the voiceover work or even commercials. And so did a couple videos on that as well. And uh, all of this uh, to say that dynamic range compression is absolutely a key critical factor in in avoiding the embarrassment of presenting an amateur mix. Now, it's not the only factor, but it is certainly one of one of the major ones that I constantly see rise to the top. It's perhaps one of the most uh, difficult things for many people to understand. But at the same time, compression is one of the most versatile and useful tools in many, many many, many areas of our mixes and our tracks. And so uh, this I put together in response to, to your feedback. And so um, I, I've got a little more information. If you want to know more about that, it should be available as you're listening to this right now online. And, and uh, one of the things that I've done with this is you can head on over to dynamicrangecompression.com. And uh, let me just say this, that I wanted to do more than just a video product. Just here's your video and here it is. I've also also included the audio for this as well, uh, but uh, to help you get from just understanding uh, compression on a really basic level to understanding it on a more professional level and, and creating mixes that you're proud of, that you want to present, that people want to buy, uh, I realize that there's a lot of times more than what we can pick up in just kind of a video session. A lot of times raises up more questions. And so I've also created a portion of Home Music Studio One that you may have heard about already called Backstage. And uh, here's what I'm doing in this very first video course for a limited time uh, because I can only handle so many people at once. I am pairing six months free access of the backstage portion, which is forum-based, video-based, and also email-based, direct access to me, as well as other people that are, are, are doing the home recording thing, the Project Studio, just like you. I'm pairing six months free uh, access for a limited time to, to those that are kind of a first-come, first-served basis for those of you that, uh, that buy this course and uh, and get into the first rung of that. So you'll be able to get the video access with all the information 
But as you're going along and you find that you have more questions or or maybe more application questions to your specific scenario, then uh, you'll be able to go right into the Backstage Access and uh, and pop your questions up in there. You'll be able to look at other people's questions and uh, you'll be able to get direct access from me. And uh, that includes monthly uh, access to uh, my, my personal ability to uh, listen to your project once a month and, and to give you kind of some suggestions of what I would do. That's also part of Backstage as well is uh, monthly technical reviews of your project as well as uh, monthly video information that is only uh, stuff that I'm, I'm going to present only to the Backstage members. So a little more in depth than what is uh, regularly on the free information that we have available on the site. So uh, very excited again. I'd love for you to check it out. I think it's something that you'll really uh, enjoy and, and really help you to get from this place of, of amateur to professional, uh, creating those mixes that, that make people famous. Uh, you know, if you're if you're more of a, a less of a musician and more of just that audio engineer, or even the ability to take your own projects as a as a singer songwriter and present them in much more of a professional way, making people just really impressed and want to listen to what it is you're doing. So head on over to Dynamic Range Complete com and uh, and get your copy of that right now and don't waste any time again there's a limited time access for uh, the free six month access to uh, the backstage only because I can only deal one on one with so many people at one time so again uh, dynamic range compression.com very excited to present that to you with that, uh, thanks again for joining me today in this episode. Love to hear more of your feedback, more of your comments. You can email them in at dave at homemusicstudio1.com. You can also give me your feedback if you're in iTunes at the, the bottom of uh, this podcast feed, as well as head on over to homemusicstudio1.com, and uh, you can just leave your comments in the bottom of the post as well. Thank you very much for joining me. This is Dave Maxey with homemusicstudio1.com. <laughs>